Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. Gentlemen, my favorite uh, topic ever, health, fitness, fat, skinny, body image, feeling bad about your body image, fixing your body image. Do you need to fix your body image? Um, this is actually the longest interview I've ever recorded. Uh, and that, that distinct honor goes to Sarah Kufer, who is in charge of the movement, The Fit Jewess. She is a blogger and influencer and very much in the space of helping women feel great and healthy about themselves, their bodies, etc. She has a, a gym she's opening up in Lakewood, New Jersey, a few Jewish people there. And we talk in very open uh, and uh, straightforward uh, details about the body image, how do you build a healthy body image, what are the uh, thoughts and feelings around body image, thin-focused and all that kind of great stuff. So I, I enjoyed having this conversation very much. I hope you benefit a great deal. And we are both coaches, or at least I'm currently coaching, and I think that, uh, I think that Sarah is as well. So if you need any help, assistance, thoughts, Please don't hesitate to reach out to either of us, uh, and we will uh, we will be there to help you. Thank you so much, and please enjoy. Sarah Cooper, thank you so much for joining. You are the face behind the brand, the Fit Jewess, um, social media icon, uh, women's health advocate, etc. Tell me a little bit about your path to fitness and how you brand yourself and the message that you're trying to put out in the world. All right. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I, I feel like we were talking about this recently at dinner. Um, I just moved back in with my parents and we were trying to figure out like, how do you know when you've made it? Because I get stopped on the street in, in LA and in New York and in New Jersey, but at the same time, I don't have a huge social media following. Um, so all these little like, hey, will you be on my podcast things? I'm like, did I make it? Did I make it? Do I know? <laughs> and my mom was like, you made it now. My mom was like, you know you've made it when you get invited to a Pesach program. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. Um, so thank you for having me. I, uh, my favorite sport growing up was sitting on the couch with a really good book. Um, literally the last kid chosen or second last in some cases, kid chosen for, for any sports teams that we played in school. Um, and you cannot pay me to go to the gym. Uh, that was totally unclear. You couldn't pay me to go to the gym. And when I was moving, I'm originally from Toronto. So when I moved from Toronto to California, I figured the whole change is a, is a good time to introduce a little bit of movement into my life, um, just because living a sedentary lifestyle is not healthy. So I had read an article about CrossFit, and something about the weightlifting intrigued me. Um, cardio really doesn't speak to me. I, don't, I always had this association with exercise running on the treadmill or a step class or kickboxing and none of those things excite me. And I think that if we're not going to enjoy what we're doing, we're just not going to do it, you know, or start and stop or hate to do it or whatever. So when I found CrossFit, totally fell in love. And like all CrossFitters, all I did was talk about CrossFit. And the more I spoke about it, the more I realized people didn't care what I had to say. And it's not because it was CrossFit. It's just because that we haven't prioritized fitness in our community, in the Orthodox community. Um, and I, I get it. You know, the women are super busy. Wife, you know, they have a husband, kids, full-time jobs or stay-at-home moms, whatever it is, they're, they're busy. Um, and 
a lot of times when we think about exercise, we immediately associate it with weight loss. And when people think about weight loss, what's the quickest way to lose weight? They think diet, which in and of itself is another conversation because it's not necessarily true. Um, but exercise usually falls off just because people don't go to the gym and immediately lose five pounds and see results. So it just becomes something that's good to do, but not super important. And really the health benefits of exercising far exceed whatever, you know, weight loss a person can achieve. Um, and so when I realized that no one was really talking about that, I figured I'll do it. So I'm trying. So, so tell me a little bit more about that. This idea that exercise and fitness should be in your mind, should they be divorced from the weight loss conversation? What, what role does the weight loss conversation need to be had or should it be had within the Jewish community? Um, and, and why don't women prioritize fitness like they should? Okay. So great questions. Um, I am a health at every size advocate. So my approach to health in general is pretty much one where I believe that anyone can achieve health at whatever size they are. And that doesn't mean that everyone is healthy right now, but it means you can be healthy regardless of your weight or size, as long as you're maintaining habits of health. Is that um, a, is that a, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is that a like existing philosophy out in the yes. world? Is this something you create? Yes. Where did it yes. come from? No, it's not me. It, there is, um, it's a movement called health at every size. Okay. And I, yeah. So the thinking behind it. Exactly like I just said, the premise really is that weight doesn't dictate our health. And I think, like, I'll, I'll just give you an example. Um, let's, let's use diabetes, for example, right? So most people have this understanding that someone gains weight, is eating a lot of sugar, whatever it is, you know, gains a significant amount of weight, and very often that leads to, to diabetes. So the thought process is lose weight, right, or whatever whatever the the appropriate action is um but a different way of thinking about it is what if we consider that weight gain is a symptom of being a pre-diabetic right this science doesn't show us any like it could go either way i'm not saying that that you know gaining weight is a symptom of being pre-diabetic but i'm also not saying that someone who gains weight will become a diabetic. I think there, there isn't enough research for us to show either way, but even if you have someone who has diabetes, right, it's not the weight loss that's changing things. It's the changes in their habit that very often lead to weight loss that are changing the numbers um, in, in their blood work um, that lead to the, the difference that they really need to make in their health. It isn't about the weight per se. It's about um, the way they're eating. It's about so just going back to in general, it's the way you eat, the way you exercise, how much you sleep, how you manage your stress, your environment, your genetics. There's so much more that plays into um, what, what a person looks like that it's not fair to, to make – we equate being thin with being healthy, and it's just not true. You have fat people who are healthy. You have fat people who are unhealthy. You have thin people who are healthy. You have thin people who are unhealthy. Um, it really just comes, it's more about what am I doing and how am I living my life um, that's going to dictate my health rather than what size am I wearing. And we'll put this, that makes sense, uh, 100%. And, and obviously, yeah, you can have someone, let's say, that is rail thin and, uh, and, and, and terribly unhealthy, 
Um, you could also, ha you know, there, there is, I guess, in, in America, a conversation that is developed around what we would call the obesity epidemic. But there is also on the other side of this spectrum, you know, all of these eating disorders and people that are, quote unquote, you know, like super thin, but it's, it's really not healthy. And so I think that the question then develops around the image, the body image in general, and yeah. where we get it from and how we work on that. So what's that approach? Like, what approach do you take either with yourself, with your clients in helping a person um, feel, I don't know if you, you didn't say feeling good about your image at any size, you said healthy at any size. So I think that is one big transition to make is like, okay, let's not worry about the weight loss, but let's just try to get you healthy habits um, because that's just going to be good for you. But then how do you start to address the image of the body? Okay. So I started by saying that I'm a health at every size advocate. I'm also a body positive activist um, and a weight neutral fitness coach. So Great. my approach, yeah, so my approach fitness basically is um, let's bring exercise into your life in a way that you enjoy, in a way that makes you feel good, in a way that builds your confidence, gives you more strength, gives you more energy, and essentially gives you the results that you're looking for with while taking the focus off of weight loss. So all of my clients who have I shouldn't say all, I should say 95% of the clients who have come to me have come to me saying, I want to lose weight, right? That is the very normal reason that a person would go to the gym. Um, and in sitting down with them, the first conversation that I have is, I totally hear you, been there, done that. Um, why do you want to lose weight? right? So very often it's, I want to be healthier. I want to be around for my kids. I want to have more energy. I want to be able to run around with my kids. I want to be able to get my groceries up the stairs and to my front door without huffing and puffing. I just, all these things, energy, strength, health, again, let's circle back to really aren't directly tied to weight loss. If we can exercise, um, focus on those goals, we can get them the results that they're looking for. We've just shifted the focus. We've shifted the mindset a little bit. What's, what's, that mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So, so I totally, I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. The idea being that if you kind of sketch out why you want to lose the weight, you can directly get those benefits. Is yes. why, why would you start with the premise that weight loss is problematic as a goal? Because Looking at evidence-based research, 95% of people who lose weight gain it back, and majority of them gain back more than they're losing. So there, to date, there is no weight loss plan that is sustainable for the majority of the population. So yeah, you definitely have you know some diets or programs or, or eating, whatever you want to call them. Um, some programs that work for a minority of the people and they're able to keep that weight off. And if that's, you know, if they feel good that way, great. That's awesome. At the end of the day, that's what this is about, but they're unicorns. They really, really are. And making people feel like, um, they're doing something wrong by not being able to keep the weight off is not helping them. So 
first of all, like I said, genetics, environment, lifestyle will play a huge role in that. Stress management. Some people lose weight when they're stressed. Some people gain weight when they're stressed. There's, there are so many things that are so beyond our control. The only thing that is within our control is how we eat, how we exercise, how much we sleep. I mean, that's not true. There, there are stress management techniques and all of that stuff. But again, there's so much that's beyond our control um, that to like pin it down and say, oh, you don't have the willpower or you don't have the self-control to lose the weight is really looking at such a tiny minor part of the whole bigger picture and it's totally unfair. Um, I, I just drove out from LA. I moved to Lakewood. I drove from LA to Lakewood. To me, it's kind of like saying, if you have gas in your car, you are good to go, right? If you don't have gas, you're not. Like the whole calories in, calories out thing. Um, but did I get an oil change? Is my transmission working properly? What's my gas mileage, right? I can put in a full tank of gas and my friend can put in a full tank of gas, but if we have different cars, we're not gonna get to the same place at the same time with that amount of gas because our metabolism is different. What, right? what, do, you, what do you think the end, so, so out of curiosity, what is yes. the end goal? Is the end goal, the, the Lakewood, if you would, so to speak in this analogy, is it weight loss? Is it feeling health. positive about your body? Is it health? It's health, and for me, health incorporates physical health, emotional health, and mental health. So going back to your question of, I think part of the weight loss as a goal, the, the issue with that is part one is that it's really not attainable for everyone, and certainly there isn't anything that is sustainable for the majority of the people to date that has been proven you know, as something that, that is viable. Hmm. And, and a really, really big part of that is what is it doing it to your mental and emotional health? I, dieting and the pursuit of weight loss and thinness in our community and the from community is very much a part of the culture to the point where we grow up with it. And it's spoken about so much in, in reference to Shadokham and it's spoken about, it's the eating disorders that we have in our community is not okay. Like, we're not talking about it so much, but they exist. And I think we have to consider what is that pursuit of thinness um, doing to the people in our community in the process. And so while I very much focus on health, I'm not saying that it's not important to consider um, our nutrition and that it's not important to consider our exercise because I believe that's very important. And I will be the first person to say, I highly, I refer out to dietitians all the time. I just refer to a weight neutral dietitian. I refer to someone who really knows how to put the focus on what does your body need for you to be able to function at an optimal level, not how many calories did some person arbitrarily decide based on some you know, BMI number that the person who invented it specifically said is not to be used the way we use it. Like, it's just, I really believe in focusing on health as a bigger picture instead of isolating different parts of it um, and then expecting us to be able to function properly. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. So, so you're saying that it's important to be healthy. It's important to find yes. a plan that works for you. It's important that you shouldn't feel... Um, I mean, it, it's interesting because I have been, this has been a focus of my life for most of my life. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, never, I never recognized that, you know, there is a certain level of an, an obsession or that the guilt that goes around or the, or the, all, all of those kinds of things. So it, so it is very interesting. And yeah. 
I remember hearing one person from the, from the East Coast saying, you know, some people just don't care about how their body looks, meaning essentially they're just kind of like, they're fine with how it looks. And mm-hmm. I honestly didn't believe this person. I don't know what your experience is that. Do you find that that, that that is very rare? Is that a goal that we're looking for? Is that a, um, it, do you have to start by redefining what attractive looks like for yourself, for other people, stuff like Ooh, that? Ooh, this is a loaded question. <laughs> I'm curious. Okay. I've never heard anyone say that people don't care what they look like. And I will say that. I also was shocked. I was yeah, like, what no, are you talking about? No, that's totally not. No. That's you said, you're from California. You don't understand. I'm like, what? <laughs> No, that yeah, is okay. not true. Um, literally, I was, I was interviewed for a, for a non-Jewish magazine a couple of years ago. And one of the questions they asked me was, when was the first time that you heard about dieting as a kid? And I was shocked to realize that there was no first time. It was so like Kashrus and Shabbos. Right. It was 100% a part of my culture. 100%. And that is 100% tied in with how we look. For sure. You cannot go. I don't know what it's like on the guy's side on the pizza, but on the women's side, you cannot go to a single social event without the conversation at some point turning to, oh, I can't eat this. It's not in my diet. Oh, I can't fit into my dress. Oh, I'm going to a Weight Watchers class tomorrow or whatever. Like you can't have a single conversation that doesn't in some way, shape or form turn to this pursuit of weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um <sighs> It is very it's, even if it's desirable, you know, even if it's desirable, I mean, that's one of the things that I always get from people is it's like, you know, oh, I really should, you know, and there's a, like a lot of guilt around the fact that they're, that they're not. So I would venture to say, even if it's not as explicit on the guy side, there is certainly an awareness. It's like mm-hmm. anything else. Like guys also deal with insecurity, but they just don't talk about it as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, with regards to, to how you look, I think it's really important to care about that. You know, you want to be presentable. Um, aesthetics are a big part of our day-to-day life. I think the question is, what are we defining as attractive? And I think that, interestingly enough, we get all this influence from the secular media, right? Of what is an ideal beauty standard, but at the same time, and I I really, for me, my focus in the last couple of years has very much been on the like young adult, single kind of community because that's where I did most of my research. But what I noticed is that the more right wing we get, the more focus on that thinness, particularly in Shadokan, which I found really, really interesting because the messaging is coming from the outside. And yet for some reason, we're the ones taking slow, it. To slow, the slow down, slow down. So I, that, that, you, you know, that's going to be extremely controversial. I don't know if you've spoken about that at length, <laughs> but, but, but tell me more about what that means. Okay. Like, just like say that whole thing out. Cause, cause like, like anything else, you know, that lesson most people are going to right away write off and say it's not true so i'm curious like what the what the the research you saw that backs that up if it's if sure. it's circumstantial if it's if it's observ- observation and where you think it comes from okay um so this wasn't like an official research project or anything um about two years ago two years ago i gave an eli talk i don't know if you're familiar with eli but it's like a jewish version of ted talks yeah um and in preparing for that talk, I did a lot of um, surveying and, and getting feedback from people, primarily on social media. I spoke to women and men, 
single and married, Sharkhanim and dating coaches. So that was pretty much the pool of people that I spoke to. And what, it, what, what was really interesting and what I found is that, again, I'll repeat it, the more right-wing we got, the more there was a focus on thinness. Not I'm on fitness, say, not on fitness. No, no, on fitness, fitness, fitness. Fitness, 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 right, yeah. right, yeah. 100%. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out an idea here. I've heard it from a couple other people, and I think that it's um, true, and I'm not saying that I have a solution for it, but I think that because we're so segregated growing up and that we don't learn this, this, the tools to interact in a healthy way with the opposite gender, what ends up happening They're going to throw you out of Lakewood. <laughs> they're not listening to this in Lakewood. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I, what, what ends up happening is, and, and by the way, I went to Beis Yaakov, I went to a girls-only school, and I'm really happy I did, and I plan to send my kids to an all-girls school, you know, my kids to an all-girls school, my boys to an all-boys school. I'm not saying that the solution is, you know, completely give that up, but I think that one of the, the negative aspects, of one of the negative results is that you don't really have people who come out as young adults knowing how to interact in a healthy way, and part of that is that what are they looking at? They get a piece of paper with a picture and some words, right? You don't tell personality from a piece of paper. You can't get, you can't get much about a person from a piece of paper. So all you have look to go off of is looks. So there's a much bigger focus on looks because there isn't that focus on who are you and how do I interact with you? Meaning if you go into the more, hold on, let me, let me explain a little bit further and then hit me with whatever. If you go into the more the modern Orthodox communities, right, you have people interacting with each other, and I can meet a guy. You're a, saying yeah. of, of different gender. Men and women are interacting. Yeah. That's when you're saying people are interacting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So a guy will meet a girl, and he'll get to know her. Again, not in a, I'm not even talking about in a dating setting. I'm talking about at an event or whatever it is. He'll meet her. He'll talk to her. He'll, you know, there's so many different, yes, 100%, you have to be attracted physically. I'm all about that. But at the same time, there's attraction to personality. There's intellectual attraction. There's emotional attraction. There are all these other parts that have to come into the equation. And, and he'll get that when he meets her, right? In the more right-wing community, you don't have a chance to be attracted intellectually, emotionally, personality if you're not given the opportunity to meet the person. So the first step that is taken to meet that person is let me look at her looks. Mm -hmm. And then that's where we have like society's definition of beauty being thin. Um, that's where that comes into the picture. Now I'm not saying that like once he gets to meet a girl, you know, that the other pieces don't play a role. They definitely do. But it's what gets me to that first step. What gets him to meet the girl? It's the looks. Does that, did you follow it, what I'm saying? I love it. I love it. It's, 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 really, it's really fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that there is definitely, as a person that grew up not religious, that was about 100 pounds overweight, mm -hmm. or I call it from where, you know, where yeah, I yeah, was yeah. overweight. Yeah. Um, and I definitely did not have the body positive image stuff. Mm -hmm. I thought I was disgusting and I could, whatever. Um, I, I did realize early on that the fact that I had a great personality, the fact that I was Jewish, the fact that I was intelligent 
was, were all components, interestingly enough, that I knew were attractive, but I still uh -huh. struggled with that idea of, you know, going to, into a romantic relationship, which mm -hmm. again, of course, in the, in the Orthodox world, nobody does. Right. But, um, but I guess what you're the, the idea being that a person learns how to accentuate some of their other good quality traits if they don't excel in one particular area called being physically attractive. Sure, that's, that's one way of putting it for sure. Um, taking it to the next level, I, I think that, I, I'm not saying, I, just based on the last sentence that you said, I think, I think a person can be physically attractive even if they're not thin. You know, I think there are many, many women and, and men who are not thin and are still really attractive. And, and yes, we have society's definition of beauty, but we also know, you know, what we're personally attracted to. Um, and I mean, I've had, I've had guys tell me that they're attracted to heavier girls, but they would never admit it because then there's something wrong with them. Like so that is the standard. The, or, or Orthodox people say that? Yes. Can you, are you able to like splice some parts out? Yeah. Okay, because I want to tell you something really interesting, but I don't want it to be on air. Yeah, for sure, tell me. Um, I had a guy, I, I had a guy tell me that he was attracted to me and I knew he was attracted to me. And we had this conversation because it was at the time that I was knee deep in the research and um, he said to me, but I would never take you home because of the comments I'm going to get from my mother and my brothers. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't messing what was, around. What was that like hearing that? Um, I found it really interesting. And it didn't surprise me because I think that the messaging, like people want to know where does this stem from? I honestly don't put a whole lot of blame on the guys. I put the blame on their moms. It's coming from the women. Again, we're growing up in this culture where thinness is the desired look. And they're hearing from their moms telling their sisters and their moms telling, like, I think because for better or for worse, they're being told what to look for, right? Of course. And the messaging that they get is that you want someone who's beautiful and beautiful is thin. You know, at the end of the day, I think that we are um, – it, it completely um, narrowed in, focused in, and completely disingenuous with the individual. I mean, just just putting yes. it out there, like, um, I, I, it's there's no question that it. Forget about the 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 stigma of of, of fat versus skinny. Um, there is really one normal way to look. There is one normal way to behave, and anything that's not within that narrow norm is 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 not i i actually have had over the last few months a number of people reach out to me specifically saying you know there's something wrong with the shit off system let's make a change and i i will 100 percent stand by and fight that battle with you know with whoever wants to fight it but it's not it's not the one that i chose to fight um i have learned to you know be true to who i am and i'm going to stick up for myself even when people you know tell me utter nonsense but but I'm focusing on changing how we view fitness. I'm not necessarily looking to change the shit off system. And that being said, I am always focused on how do you draw, draw the most direct line between where you are and where you want to get to in terms mm -hmm. of being happy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, so 
the question would be, you know, if I feel uncomfortable with how I look, mm-hmm. right? Or I, let's say, quote, want to get married, right? And, and I did this. I lost 100 pounds and my wife never even demanded this. Like I put on 50 pounds after we met because I finally mm-hmm. f- felt like I found some lady that loved me for who I was. Right. And, you know, I've, I've done more for my physical health after I've been married, or I mean, I've been whatever. Yeah. I was not religious, but I've been with my wife since I was eighteen. Um, but but I, I think it's it's interesting because I would say you know if you have someone that's looking to get married and the system is what the system is, you know, I would work to try to get a person to fit into the system. If I would move to Lakewood, I'd be black and white tomorrow because right. I, you know, like, do you want to fight the system or are you going to make? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you're making a great point, um, and it's a point that comes up a lot. Um, interestingly enough, it always comes up, not always, but mostly comes up from men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a big, big, big part of it is the lack of understanding of how um, heavy this topic weighs on women, no pun intended. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think you have you are making a great point in terms of, just play the game if it's going to get you to where you want to go. And if, if it were just about, you know, calories in, calories out, self-control and willpower, I would agree with you. I would say put in the effort. But that brings me back to you can't isolate physical health from emotional and mental health. And I think that people who um, – it's the, the – Toll that dieting and the pursuit of weight loss takes on women, really on all people. It does on men too, but for now we're going to talk, you know, pretty much just about women um, because, again, just getting into technicalities, I had this conversation with a dietitian last week where we were talking about the difference between guys and girls losing weight, and, and it is, it is there's, no, there's no two ways about it. It is easier for men. And it is easier for them to keep it off just based on how their body works. So I think that's part that has to be part of the conversation. Um, but I get I get told that all the time, right? I get told all the time by Sharhanim, by family members, by friends, um, that if I lost weight, I would get so many more dates. Or I'll, you know, I'll see a guy and I'll be like, oh, I really want to date him and ask my friend, you know, if she would see if he's interested and she'll come back and say like, he really likes you, but he's into thin girls. That's so awful. I, that's, that's so painful. It is. It is totally it? sucks. Is that, yeah. is that painful? I'm, 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 I would feel very it's, pained by that. It's, it's hurtful because, because I don't feel like I can do anything about it. And I'll explain that. Um, I know after 20 years, literally 20 years of dieting and trying to lose weight and ending up fatter every single time, I know where it puts me emotionally and mentally. I know what giving what giving up dieting and that pursuit of weight loss has done for me in terms of letting me be free and letting me be learn. I've learned to be comfortable with who I am. And it doesn't mean that there aren't days that I look in the mirror and I'm like, I wish I was thinner because at the end of the day, that's the messaging we get all the time. We all have our insecurities. It's not like, yes, I am super confident. And yes, I really do look like like the way I look. I do. I'm not lying about that. But at the same time, there are moments and there are days where I'm just like, 
I wish I could just have an easier time going shopping. And I wish I could just date that guy. So for sure, it is hurtful. Um, but I'm not going to put myself back into that space where I know it's not going to be beneficial for me emotionally. It's not going to be beneficial for me mentally. And because I'm so actively working on creating a physical, a physically healthy life for myself, I know I'm doing that right. I know I'm on the right path. I just, nowhere in that equation does it make sense for me to say, okay, let me lose some weight just so I can get a guy. Like it just doesn't make any sense because yes, maybe I'll get more days. Oh, by the way, I'm going to interject with something. You, you made a comment about wanting to get from point A to point B. Um, part of this, this research piece that I did, there is no correlation, by the way, between who gets married first, heavier girls or thin girls. No correlation whatsoever. And there is no correlation between size and marriage. There is a very big correlation between size and dates. So being thinner will get me more dates. But at the end of the day, I'm looking for one marriage. It just so happens that I'm 26 and single, but I have fat friends who got married when they were 19. Right. right? Yeah, so, I don't, that, that's also, that also doesn't actually surprise me whatsoever. Right. So with that being said, is losing weight really going to get me to my goal faster? No, it'll just mean Sharkhanim will set me up instead of me finding them, you know, at a dinner, at a Shabbos in, dinner. In so way. it won't necessarily get me closer to my goal. It's just playing the system, so to speak. But playing the system doesn't either get me closer to my goal. Do you know what I mean? I guess it's interesting. Do you figure out, do you walk outside of the system then and just say, you know, if you are of a certain uh, body type that just uh, forget about working with Shalkhanim? You don't have to. There are going to be people who are going to set you up. Yes, you'll get less dates, but you'll still get that marriage. Going back to the girl who gets married at 19 as soon as she, as soon as she gets back from the seminary, some of them are thin, some of them are fat. They're still getting married. They're still within the system. We, we put so much focus on thinness within the system but like, are we looking at, I, I don't know, we, we kind of have to look at where is all the noise, but then at the same time, where are the results? Like, well, are I, we really talking so much about the noise that we're forgetting that it doesn't really make a difference? Well, I would venture to say, and this is like the, 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 dirty, the dirty secret that it, no one's talking about and that is so patently obvious um, that I think that post-marriage people are in crisis because the body images are not going to go away. Um, yeah. You were saying, you know, like lose, yeah. lose some weight so, yeah. that you can get, so that you can get a guy. It's like, well, you know, if you put on weight or if he's, I, I think that just the whole, there is so much dysfunction post-marriage that I think that so much work has to be done kind of once you are already married, how do you come into yourself and feel comfortable on a physical level with yourself, with your right. partner, right? Like, right, or, right, right. right. You know, Which really leads us all back to positive body image, which we haven't touched on at all. Right. Uh, but positive body image is a huge, huge, huge part of this whole um, conversation. And I think it, it ties into can you learn to be comfortable with yourself where you're at, regardless of your size, as long as you're, you know, again, still putting the focus on, on maintaining healthy habits, but can you learn to be comfortable with yourself? And I can't how do you tell do you, that? how do you know? I'm curious. How do you do that? It's interesting because I don't know that I've ever broken it down in that way. When I, when I make the decision that I am good enough or I am, I am worthy of 
being okay with who I am and the way I look, even if I'm not thin, through the process of learning to let go of diet culture is also at the same time a process of figuring out that worthiness that I have. You're saying, okay, look, so diet culture starts from a premise that you're not good enough. Pretty much, yeah. Right. And yeah. you're saying, and, and, and okay, so let, let's, let's, I'll reverse it. As someone hold that on, has- Hold on, maybe, yes. maybe the answer isn't, maybe I'm, I'm phrasing it incorrectly. Maybe it's not, I realize I'm worthy, therefore I'm going to let go of diet culture. Very often it's not that way. Very often it's just, that's not working for me, Right. Not to right. be super cliche, but insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Right. So if dieting isn't working for me, I need to find another solution. And so very often what happens is I, I, I initially phrase it as I recognize my value and I recognize my worth independent of my size. So therefore I'm letting go of diet culture. But for most people, it doesn't happen that way. For most people, it, it comes through that that hasn't worked for me. I need to find a solution that will work for me. And in letting go of that dieting and, and giving yourself permission to just sort of experience what it's like to be you without all of that that leads to understanding your worth. And it's a process. Um, and very often there's a therapist involved. Um, and I'm not, it's not an overnight process. I would share, I would share that I, I had this, I, I forgot what it's called, body dysmorphia or whatever it is yes. that, that, you know, I could be, I'm five, six, you know, I was 265. I got down to two, 168. Uh -huh. And I remember the experience of kind of looking myself in the mirror, not like, not with like my shirt on, you know, right. and like, oh gosh, you know, you still gotta, you gotta lose this and lose that and all kinds of other stuff. And, and, and recognizing that it's very possible for you to very much change your, your body again. And it's like, it's funny because I spent my whole life fat and mm -hmm. I still see myself as fat. And yeah. even though people are like apologizing to me for eating cookies in my presence or donuts, yeah. I'm like, I don't care. Make yourself happy. And you know right. what I'm saying? Like, like, so, so the, the interesting thing is I think that the diet culture perpetuates this sense of you're not good enough. Yeah. And if you flip it, and you try to start to feel good enough about yourself, your health and your fitness, like you're saying, will naturally stem out of love and not mm -hmm. out of not right. out of, of of lack or upset. Like yes. if I don't go to the gym to do my workout, like just like you, I'm upset because I'm a person who is valuable and valuable people need MMA or need yoga yeah. or need CrossFit. <laughs> the, I think that the concept is, um, learning to break out of what the society tells you we have to switch to loving ourselves yeah. i buy that yeah. i think that when a person truly loves themselves how do i say this i i, I project myself onto everything but i think <laughs> that if a person truly loves themselves they will love how they feel when they are eating healthy and when they are exercising in a manner that they like they care about yes yes I and that's I th and then naturally, right? You're going to love yourself and love your spouse 
if you're loving like who they are and not what mm -hmm. they do, mm -hmm. right? If you can make that transition, mm -hmm. then you will get like skinnier or, or better or healthier or whatever it might be. But it's like, it's the outcome, not the thing, like not the vehicle to getting to where I want. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, I think so. And I think if I'm following your train of thought, I think this takes me back to the question that you asked me about practical tips for positive body image. Yeah. And the reason that I have a hard time, I, I had never thought about it like that way. Like I have a, you know, there are a couple exercises I could recommend people try, but I, I don't have that. I think the therapist would and I don't, but because the way that I help my clients come to that is through their fitness journey, right? So people don't walk into my um, don't walk into my studio and, and say necessarily, I love myself and I want to feel better about it. Right. They come in saying, I hate myself. I yeah, I'm overweight. Pretty much. Yeah. And, and we'll, again, we'll, we'll sort of separate the weight loss goal from it, but through the process of, of exercising it through the process of realizing how incredibly awesome your body can be and the things that you can accomplish that you never dreamed. I mean, I just ran a Spartan sprint last week and I yes. plan to, to do the trifecta this year. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's like an obstacle mud run type thing. And had you told me that five years ago, I would have just laughed in your face. Like I can deadlift 255 pounds. Again, I would have laughed in your face because I'm naturally weak. I genuinely am. So for me to discover all these different things that I'm able to do and that I'm capable of doing, I can only imagine how much more I could achieve if I tried. That's that, that whole process for me was so, so, so empowering. And it was really that feeling that sort of led me down this road of of opening my own studio i think that a lot of my clients get that too they might come to me because they don't feel good about themselves they might come to me because they want weight loss they might come to me because they hate exercising and you know they're trying something different because the last place they went to wasn't for them but my goal is always to give them such a positive experience in terms of the workout itself but also in terms of the the community and the environment um, that is, you know, supportive and very much um, community oriented, that through that process, they're willing to get out of their comfort zone and sort of discover physically what they're able to do. Um, and this is super interesting because I asked a friend of mine recently, I was working on like a personal exercise and I asked a friend of mine to tell me um, what he's observed about me. Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And one of the things that he mentioned was he feels like through this journey of the last few years that we've known each other, he's seen how I've gotten physically stronger and how that strengthened me mentally and um, had an effect on my strength of character. And I had never thought about it in those terms, but I think he has a really, really, really good point. For me, working with my clients, I think just the journey that they go through in coming to work with me and in going through that process of gaining strength and energy and sort of discovering their physical self, um, the, the positive body image comes along with it for the ride. I think, I think that that ultimately is, again, not to, not to be completely Hasidic on anybody, but the idea okay. of trying to find in the, in the lower self, the higher spark, I think that there's nothing more profound or holy or spiritual than that in the sense that yeah. 
you know, we might never see what it looks like to change Amida, but you definitely can see if you can curl more or if you can deadlift more or if you mm-hmm. run more or if you, I'm saying like it's, 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 it's shocking to the extent to which it does empower us because you, if you can change your physicality, then you can for sure change your your intellectual side, your emotional side, stuff that stuff that's like again, it's like that Rabbi Kiva thing about I don't know. Again, we haven't said this yet, but if you like <laughs> you the, the water through the rock, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And you're like, wow, physical stuff like really doesn't change, and, and if it can, so then all the more so. So it's like there could be nothing more beneficial, I think, in a lot of ways. And then Riff Cook said stuff like this and talked about that. That it's like. You know, and this is like the craziest thing. I'm going to share this to you, if it's at all anecdotal, um, to my listeners, if it's at all helpful. Um, and you, by the way, have won the longest interview ever. I've never, I, I, <laughs> it's just, it's fascinating. So thank you. And I was, I was concerned about this interview because I, I, I see myself as a, uh, as, as a strong advocate for, for shallow bodybuilders. But so I was showing off my calves one time in yeshiva. And, uh, and, and a rabbi came up to me and he said some kind of disparaging comment like, oh, look, there's more for the worms to eat. And it, it really unleashed a, a, a tremendous sense of self-loathing in the sense that it was like, um, you know, like, oh, I'll never fit in or even something that mm-hmm. I'm proud of. Like, again, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I exercise, I work out hard. I've worked yeah. out hard for, for since I was a teenager. And you know, so I've, I've, I've seen how you, your body can transform whatever it is, just like yeah. you said. I, I don't know what that is. I don't think there's anything, ro- anything wrong with taking pride in, in your muscles. <laughs> so, so watch this. So, so yeah. the fascinating thing was I felt terrible because of the messaging that I got. Like, oh, more for the worms to eat. Or- yeah. I got that messaging. But then I yeah. started learning Ruff Cook, and I read this thing. It's like the most amazing thing. It's like Ruff Cook on war. He was saying that the small Jew, the weak mm-hmm. Jew, is an exile Jew. And if you think about... David Amelech and Avram Avinu and all of our ancestors were these big, strong warriors. So it's so interesting because we sometimes look at the modern, healthy Israeli, whatever you want, and say, oh, you know, that's just, you know, that's a result of the culture, you know, and the non-Jewish culture. And, and you know, really the, the Jews look like they should have in the shtetl. But it was just fascinating for me to hear, like, no, actually not necessarily. Like, if you go back before the shtetl and we were forced to be in those kinds of situations, we were big, strong, and healthy. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. So I, I think it kind of goes full circle in a lot of ways. Um, how do people find out more about you and all of your exciting projects? I am on Facebook as Sarah Kupfer and Instagram at FitJewess. Um, I also blog on my website, FitJewess.com. That's F-I-T-J-E-W-E-S-S. Okay, amazing, Sarah. Thank, thank you so you. much. There you have it, folks, another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, We have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, my favorite uh, topic ever, health, fitness, fat, skinny, body image, feeling bad about your body image, fixing your body image. Do you need to fix your body image? Um, this is actually the longest interview I've ever recorded. Uh, and that that distinct honor goes to Sarah Kufer, who is in charge of the movement, The Fit Jewess. She is a 
blogger and influencer and very much in the space of helping women feel great and healthy about themselves, their bodies, etc. She has a, a gym she's opening up in Lakewood, New Jersey, a few Jewish people there. And we talk in very open uh, and uh, straightforward uh, details about the body image. How do you build a healthy body image? What are the uh, thoughts and feelings around body image? thin focused and all that kind of great stuff. So I, I enjoyed having this conversation very much. I hope you benefit a great deal. And we are both coaches, or at least I'm currently coaching. And I think that, uh, I think that Sarah is as well. So if you need any help, assistance, thoughts, um, please don't hesitate to reach out to either of us. Uh, and we will, uh, we will be there to help you. Thank you so much. And please enjoy.